somebody will read for us from verse 1 to 11. Second Peter chapter 1, from verse 1 to 11. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through this, He has given us perfect and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increased measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is short-sighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fail, you will never fall. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Please, if you know somebody who is not getting the English, just go and sit near the person. Uh, this was a pastoral, uh, a pastoral letter by Peter. To people who had come to give their life to the Lord. In verse 1 he says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Christ Jesus, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. So they have received the same faith that they had received. And he actually said that that faith was precious. That that faith that they received was as precious as the same faith that the apostles themselves had. And in verse 2 it says, Grace and peace 
be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. There were two things that he said will be theirs in abundance. Grace, peace. And he said it will be theirs in abundance if they knew God and if they knew the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot that God has in store for us. But because of ignorance. The majority of believers do not know their inheritance. They don't know what belongs to them. They do not know what is in store for them because they don't know God. They don't know the victorious life in Christ Jesus because of their poor knowledge of the Lord. So that for many believers from day one of their salvation, the next day, life continues as it was. The only thing that they know is that they confess Christ, they receive Christ, but they have not entered into the victorious life that is theirs in Christ Jesus. Why have they not entered into that victorious life? They don't know it. So there's life, a victorious life that is ours. There's the grace that is ours. There's the peace that is ours. There's the victory that is ours. There's the healing that is ours. There's the freedom that is ours. And we enter into all this through the knowledge of God. Those who know the Lord will enter into their inheritance. And in verse 3, he says his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who calls us, call us by his own glory and goodness. That his divine power has given to us, the believers, everything that we need for life and godliness. We have been given everything we need for life and godliness. We have been given everything we need to live a godly life. And again, Peter said, this comes through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory. Through the knowledge of him, we come to know all that he has given to us for life and for godliness. So something has taken place already for us to 
to know this life, to know this godliness, to walk the life that is right before God. It's not a life of struggle. Christianity is not a struggle. Victory over sin is not a struggle. Divine health is not a struggle. Deliverance from demonic forces is not a struggle. We can walk right. And we are destined to walk right. And everything has been established so that we may walk right. If we don't walk right, it's because we are ignorant. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and everything we need for godliness. Everything we need for life and everything we need for godliness has been given to us by his divine power. I would like children to pray that our eyes will be open to it. That his divine power has given to us everything, everything, everything we need for life and godliness. That we have been given everything that we need for life and godliness. The majority of believers, for them from day one until they finally go to glory, is a life of struggle. The poverty of many believers is very deplorable. The spiritual poverty. Because of ignorance. Can two people pray? Uh, the last time I went to Gulu, we had a case there that have been disturbing the brethren seriously. Every meeting this girl will manifest. At the institute she was manifesting, at the meeting she was manifesting, they had called me before and told me about it. And I told the brethren that I was very disturbed the way they were handling the deliverance. After she manifested on Wednesday during the student meeting, I requested to have, they came to call me. I asked them, if you have handled it and you are not, if the demon is not going, I will come and do what? I told them I will not come. I said, I'm not going to come. I told them, number one, if I came, it's going to destroy your ministry. If I came as your leader and nothing happens, after that, you have established that demon have authority over your church. I said, I will go and ask God what the problem is. 
And I told them I want to see the girl tomorrow. When the girl came, I asked to come with her disciple maker. We sat down. I showed her from the scripture what has happened to her when, when Jesus came in. I showed her from the scripture that she has authority. Then I showed her from the scripture that if a demon is in you and the demon is not going, the problem is not Jesus. The problem is not the believer. The problem is you. Either you have sin or you are cooperating with the devil. How do you cooperate with the devil? You can resist the devil and the Bible says you will flee. You can tell Satan you will have nothing to do in my life. And we shared with her that she was a girl of authority. She believed it. And we let her to confess it. We let her to embrace it. It's over a month now. She's free. It's something that every day, every day, every day, and the disciple maker was calling me, I don't know what to do with this. I told them, we don't rejoice in, in, in manifestations. Because many believers rejoice in manifestation. Jesus did not come to give us manifestation. He came to give us victory. We have victory in the name of Jesus Christ. We have authority in the name of Jesus Christ. We, are, we can enter into our total deliverance because of the name of Jesus. We can know total freedom because of the name of Jesus. When I asked them today, they said the girl said in the last joint service when we were there, she's not one of the cases that manifested, but that suddenly she found something left out of her. She suddenly became tired. And that was the end of demon in her life. Through the knowledge of him who loved us and the knowledge of him who gave his life for us. His divine power has given to us everything, everything we need, everything we need, everything we need for life and godliness. We have everything that we need. We have the authority that we need. We have the freedom that we need. We have the hell that we need. And Peter continued to repeat it, that it is through the knowledge, through the knowledge, through the knowledge. That is why we must teach us. We must teach the believers. Through the word, we must help the believer to know, to have the knowledge of what has happened to them. That's why we are going to give intensified period to teach our converts. We are going to take time to truly teach the brethren. We will teach here, we will teach in the centers, we will teach in the house churches, we will teach at one-to-one -one level so that our people may know what has happened to them and they may know who they are. 
Look at verse 4. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature and escape corruption. Escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Through what? Through what he has given to us. All that he has given to us for life and godliness. He said through this he has given us great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. We can participate in the divine nature. We have been called to participate in the divine nature. We have been called to become like God. We have been called to be holy like God. We have been called to walk right like God. Yet it is not by our own effort. It is through what he has given to us. The nature of God has been given to us. In our salvation, his nature is given to us. There's something that takes place when you come to Jesus. That you may participate in the divine nature and that if you participate in the divine nature, you will escape the corruption in the world. And the corruption in the world is called sin. That corruption that comes through evil desires. Brother, it is not by our try. Again, it is what he has done. It's what he has given to us. We can tune our spirit to be as holy as God. We can be true as God is true. The word of God says you shall be holy for I the Lord your God am holy. You shall have the nature of God. You shall be holy like God because God is holy. We can participate in the divine nature. I want two people to pray that we will have a passion to participate in the divine nature. What is the divine nature? To relate with people like God. To treat people like God. To forgive like God. To be pure like God. To be selfless like God. To be generous like God. To have the character of God. To relate with people the way God relates with us. If you ask a man to jump, he will try to jump. If you ask a man to fly, he cannot fly. It is not in the nature of a man to fly. There's the nature of God imparted to us that makes us to live like God.
I'm introducing to us freedom from sin. That it is the nature of God to live a life without sin. And it is the nature of him who comes to God to live a life without sin. Part of the divine nature is the capacity to escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desire. We can escape it. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, to goodness, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, and perseverance, godliness. There's first of all a foundation. Without that foundation, you cannot make effort to add to what you don't have. And the foundation is the divine nature. If a, if a person labors to be disciplined without the divine nature, he's only a moralist. We must labor to be disciplined. That's the effort we make. Discipline means I can tell my, my mouth you will not say anything. But there's a foundation, the impartation of the divine nature, the divine nature, the divine nature. I want to people to live to pray. Oh Father, grant to us that we we'll have a desire. To put on your nature. Grant to us, O oh God, that we will have the desire to put on your nature. Two people pray. Uh, if you lead somebody to Christ, if you help somebody to come to the Lord, and you don't help the person to enter into his freedom, you have wasted your time, then the person will become a negative testimony. And the first freedom that the person must enter into is a freedom from the power of sin. The Bible says, he shall be called Jesus because he will save us from our sin. When you lead somebody to the Lord, you have led him to the deliverer. And the first deliverance is deliverance from the power of sin. He must know that secret. He must enter into it. He must be able to tell people, I was a sinner. Well, one of one of the 
One of the brethren in Chungu, when I talked with Brian Ma today, he reminded me who that person was. We had a, a, a group of professional drunkards in Chungu. If you know what who a professional drunkard is. One of them was Kafero. The whole Chungu knew Kafero. Because he drink, drink and he used to once in a while come and work for us. This other brother now who has been in the Lord for four years, he's about to get married. He will likely get married. He will get married. He will sign his certificate from here, likely in October. He was Kafero drinking mate. He drinks and sleeps on the road for three days. Three days. Unconscious. So when a person tells him, so when they have a crusade, when he stands up to testify, the whole Chungu knows that truly Jesus saves. That if he can save this man, that they all know, then he can save everybody. Freedom from the power of sin. If a person does not have that testimony, you have no other testimony. If your Jesus cannot save from sin, you don't even have the authority to go and invite others to come to him. He saves from sin. He delivers from the power of sin. He helps people to enter into a life of holiness. And he sends them out to go and help others, enable others, so that they will enter into the same freedom that they themselves already have entered into. So for about three to four months, whoever will be teaching at the house church, teaching at the uh, here on Tuesday, in the making of disciples, let us concentrate and help our people to know what freedom from sin is and enter into that experience. So that our people will know the wealth of what true peace is for those who have been delivered from the power of sin. So our people may have a testimony to be able to tell people, come to my Jesus. He set me free from sin. He can set you free from sin. Who want to tell? We started reading from the introduction from the book, Freedom from Sin, Deliverance from Sin. We saw that the believer has been saved, has been saved from the consequences of sin. Amen? That the believer has been saved from the consequences of sin, which is eternal separation from God. That's the greatest consequence of sin. That the believer can know, you can know if you come to Jesus, those who came to Jesus on Sunday, no matter how terrible they have been, they can no longer go to hell. Amen? If you have surrendered your life to Jesus, hell is no longer for you. True or false? Go to Romans chapter 5. Let's lay that foundation. 
Somebody read verse 1. Then another will read chapter 8, verse 1. Romans 5, 1. Romans 8, 1. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now it's fine, just verse one. Yeah, just one, just that verse one. Chapter five, verse one says, "Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Christ Jesus." Amen. Amen. We have been justified by faith. What does to be justified mean? To declare a guilty person no longer guilty. If you are self, you are no longer guilty. Amen? If you have come to Jesus, you are no longer guilty. Who here has come to Jesus? You have given your life to Jesus. Put up your hand. Then I want you to say, I am no longer guilty. Say, I am, I have been justified. Amen? I have been declared no longer guilty. Everybody who has given their life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you have been justified. You have been justified. You have been declared no longer guilty. Is that established? For everyone who has come to the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a declaration before God that this person is no longer guilty. If there was a, a court and an intact, and then there was an accuser who said he is a murderer, he has killed, he would say he has stolen, this person has been a drunkard, this person has been a fornicator, and when you enter and they ask you one question, have you given your life to you say yes, then the, the judge will say he is no longer Amen. Then the accuser said, but he has done all this. The judge said, I was waiting for only one to two. And he has told me this. That one thing is that he has given the child to the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, he is no longer guilty. Is that established? That's what it means. Then in chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in. There is no more condemnation. There is no more condemnation. Condemnation means to judge you and say, Come, go to prison. There's no way that any of us who has come to the Lord Jesus Christ can be condemned. I'm no longer a condemned criminal. Justified, no more condemnation. Say there's, say there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He said, because I am in Christ Jesus, because I am in Christ Jesus, I am no longer condemned. I am no longer condemned. 
Number one, we have been justified. We have been declared no longer guilty. Because our sin has been covered. Are we understood? Our sin has been covered. I want uh, one of you come. Yes. I wanted to see what the application is. When you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, this is what God does. God takes the blood of Jesus. Have you seen? All this is sin, dirty, guilty. If God sees it, God will strike you. When you come to Jesus, the first thing God does is What justification is. In justification, God covers your sin with what? The blood of Jesus. But it does not mean that there is no field under here. If I remove this, God will close it. I'm not going to He's covered. But there is something God no longer sees this. Because if God sees it, God will strike it. That's the first thing that happens when you come to Jesus. When you come to Jesus, God covers all your sin. And God does not see them. The next thing that needs to happen is the lamp of God that takes away the sin of the world. This sin needs to be taken away. So that even if you were to open one that there's nothing, because the person you came to, you have been saved from the consequence of sin. Then the next thing is to free you from the power of sin. So we are saved for what? The consequences. Consequences of sin means hellfire. Consequences of sin means separation from God. Consequences of sin means you have sicknesses. Consequences of sin means all those curses. Consequences of sin means all those problems that we're following you because you get yourself to sin. As we're teaching one, that when uh, sin comes in, God goes away. And then when God goes away, Satan comes in and brings all those problems. That's what is called the consequence of sin. There's a consequence of sin that's the permanent separation from God, broken relationship with God. Then there is part of it which is the suffering you go through here on earth. And then if you, if you come by faith and know that there's no more condemnation for you, there's no more, if you have been justified, you are not ever supposed to suffer all day, you can take your stand as a Satan, God knows right about my life. That's why even freedom, even deliverance, I can deliver myself if I'm not the money problems. Even I know who I am, and even I know what I'm supposed to do. That's why we do not magnify some special group of people being the deliverer will bring every believer to the point that at midnight, if the enemy is attacking him, he can take his time and say, I have authority over you. Amen. Are we together? So the, the believer is delivered from the consequences of sin. But that's not, that's not all.
Uh, what we are sharing, all the teaching we are giving now, need a lot of prayer backing. Every step is revelation. If we must help our people to enter into the truth of what we are sharing, the veil must be torn. Amen? It is all by revelation. So the believer is safe from the consequence of sin, which is eternal separation from God. This is a most wonderful beginning, and most often the young believer is filled with joy. Many of his old habits disappear instantaneously, and the believer mistakenly expects things to go on this way without any active cooperation from him. He is therefore shocked when he, he finds that he is tempted, and during temptation he may even yield and do things that he has to do. I'm reading fast because we saw it the other week. Many are bewildered at this point, and some give up the Christian life. Some who came and just knew that, hey, I've come to Jesus. Immediately I go back home. Even if they insult me, I cannot open my mouth. They may even find out that when they go home, immediately they reach home, somebody shout at them, they slap. And when they slap, they say, hey, I thought I gave my life to Jesus. I thought I was different. Something needs to happen. Amen? That may even have been the, how you have found your life. Others do not. You know that others don't give up. But... They enter into an unstable life of being delivered from sin one moment and the next, falling into sin. Such a life is one of sin and repentance, sin and repentance, sin and repentance. For some, today they commit sin, the next day the Lord forgives. Today sin, the next day repentance. Today sin, next day repentance. But some don't only act like, end like that. Some don't even repent. They enter into a life of hypocrisy where they pretend that the sin is no longer there. It's a lie. If a person says that tells you that the disease is not there, when the disease is there, the disease will kill him. Amen. The Bible says, somebody reads uh, Romans chapter six, verse twelve to fourteen rapidly. Romans chapter six, verse twelve to fourteen. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer the parts of your body to Him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master. Because you're not under law, but under grace. Say, sin shall not be my master. Sin shall not be my master. Because I am not under the law. I am under grace. 
Say it again. Sin shall not be my master. Say, I am not a slave to sin. Tell your neighbor, sin shall not be your master. Sin shall not be your master. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, it's, it's a critical knowledge that if we, if we believe it, have the revelation, we enter into victory. Sin shall not be your master. Sin shall not be your master. Immorality shall not be your master. Lies telling shall not be your master. Anger shall not be your master. Uh, bitterness shall not be your master. You can be in total control over sin because you are under grace. You are no longer under the law. That's what grace is. Grace is to bring a slave of sin to become a master over sin. To become somebody who controls sin. You cannot permit sin again to rule over you because you are under grace. This book which we are studying is for deliverance from sin. Amen. We are going to look at the first step for anybody want to be freed from sin. Uh, my duty of anybody who is teaching here, duty will be explaining it detailly to us. But in the house churches, we are way again to go detailly and we shall do our work. Everybody will be doing every week like an exam, like an exam, like an exam, like an exam, until what we are learning become part of us. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Romans chapter 6. Start from verse 1. Romans chapter 6 from verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means we die to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Oh, don't you know? That all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin may be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we die with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. For we know that this Christ 
was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The dead he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master, because you are not under law, but under grace. Thank you very much. Praise the Lord. Verse 1 says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means. We die to sin. Everybody say, we die to sin. Say, we die to sin. We die to sin. Say, I die to sin. Say, I die to sin. Turn to your neighbor and say, you die to sin. You die to sin. We are reading the Bible. It says, don't you know, uh, no, uh, by no means, we die to sin, how can we live in it any longer? Let's read a portion of the book. The question we must ask ourselves is, how did we become, how did I become a sinner? How did you become a sinner? Yes, Jane? When you were conceived. How did you become a sinner? By birth. The answer is obvious. I became a sinner by birth. Everybody say, I became a sinner by birth. Who can write very well? Uh, please, somebody come and help. Yes, Patrick, come. Write it boldly. We became sinners by birth. Say, we became sinners by birth. We became sinners by birth. But when you write, you go behind and read whether. Let me see what it is. Okay, right? So the answer is obvious. I became a sinner by birth. Sin is not something that I learned. We don't learn to commit sin. I want us to get that very well. If you pick children like this, if you ask them, how do you learn to steal? They will not tell you. We don't learn to commit sin. We were born sinners. Say, we were born sinners. Say, I was born a sinner. 
I was born a sinner. I became a sinner by birth. Sin is not something that I learned. I was born into it, and I was born with it. Um, that, that's the problem. You were born into sin. You were born with sin. You were born a sinner. Every one of us has the gene of, of immorality. When you are... <coughs> From the moment you were born, you have a gene of immorality. From the moment you were born, you have a gene of to be a drunkard. Every person was born with the gene of a murderer. Have you understood? You can be, you can be a, 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 a small lion and come like a pet. Playing with it at home. Huh? I even threw it. It climbed on you. But it, it is green. It is green. It, it will reach a point. The instinct is to hunt. And he has gotten you. A moment will reach you, get you. Because he has the instinct to kill. The instinct of the lion is to kill like this. It is in its nature. So sin is in the nature of man. And therefore, if sin will go out of the nature of man, something will happen. I wonder, so sin is in the nature of the natural man. The natural man, perhaps there, does not need to learn to commit sin. We all go into into Adam by birth. We are sinners from birth. We are sinners by nature. Say, we are sinners by nature. We are sinners by nature. Man is a sinner by nature. Man is a sinner by nature. You were not educated to become a sinner. Time on the cause is one of you. Amen? The second question was the ask. How can I get out of Adam? I came into Adam by birth. You came into Adam by birth. You became a sinner. We became sinner by birth. So the second question we must ask is, how can I get out of Adam? There is just one answer. I can only get out of Adam by death. This is what Christ did. The Bible says Christ died for us. Hallelujah. Amen. That's Romans chapter 5 verse 8. Somebody wait for us. But I want to get that very well. So we became sinners by birth. We come out of sin by death. It is by death that we come out of sin. We enter into Adam by birth. We inherited the nature of Adam by birth. We only bring an end to the nature of Adam in us by death. You are condemned to be a sinner as long as the nature of Adam is present in you. Have you understood? We are condemned to be liars. 
have looked at the nature of Adam and Eve in us. You are condemned to be a thief. You steal from yourself, steal from your, 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 your parents, steal all the time. Because the nature of Adam. Read for us. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God must praise his own love for us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Amen. Say, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. Christ died for us. To come out of Adam, man must die. His blood atoned for all our sin, past, present, and future. The blood of Jesus Christ atoned for all our sin, our past sin, our present sin, and our future sin. You can never by your own effort get forgiveness from sin. That's one of the greatest insults to God. Try by your effort to save yourself. This is settled once and for all. But Christ did not only die for our sins. We were included in that death. Amen? So there are two things. Christ died for our sins. True or false? Everybody say Christ died for our sins. Christ died for our sins. Christ died for our sins. Romans 6, verse 6. Come and write this, Patrick, again on the board. Patrick, sit somewhere there. Sit. Okay, take a chair. That chair is sit there. Romans 6, verse 6. Romans chapter 6, verse 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him. Say our old self was crucified with Jesus. Say my old self was crucified with Jesus. My old self was crucified. Right? Say so our old man was crucified with Christ. Those who have just joined, we are in Romans chapter 6. Oh. Everybody pick your Bible again. We are going to read together that verse 6. And, and, and open your heart. And may the Holy Spirit write it upon your heart. Everybody, get ready. Are we ready? Verse 6, chapter 6, verse 6. 1, 2, 3, go. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Hallelujah. 
We know. Say we know. With Jesus, with Jesus, sorry. For the forgiveness of our sin, Christ died. Is that established? In order that we may be forgiven from all the sin we have ever committed, Jesus died for us. In order that we may be free, set free from the power of sin, we died with Jesus. Have you understood? We read it again. I read it from here. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with. Hallelujah. So that the body, this, this natural Sinful, this is a sinful nature might be done away with. To do away with that sinful nature, man was crucified with Christ on the cross. For the forgiveness of my sin, Christ was crucified. For my freedom from sin, I was crucified. And he says, the first step in freedom from sin is that you must know that you were crucified. Are we together? Verse 7 says, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Hallelujah. Anyone who has died has been freed from sin. We became sinners by birth. We become free from sin by death. Is that established? We became sinners by birth. Put there, we know freedom from sin by death. We know freedom from sin by death. If you ask yourself, were you there when Jesus died? Were you there? Who here was there? How do you know it that Jesus died for you? Uh, one of these. How do you know that Jesus died for you? Huh? Yes? How do you know that Jesus died for you? How do you know that Jesus died for you? By what? By faith. How do you know that Jesus died for you? You cannot say by faith. We don't know by faith. It is written. The word of God says it. You cannot have faith without knowing. The word of God says it. Everybody said the word of God says Christ died for me. Are we together? The word of God says that Jesus Christ died for you, and the word of God also says that you die with Jesus. You have the experience. You either reject both or accept both. The word of God says 
Jesus Christ died for me. And the same word also said, I died with Jesus. The same faith that moved me, that knowing it, I believed it. And because of that, my sins were forgiven. It's the same faith that moved me, that knowing that I died with Jesus, I believe it. And therefore, I'm free from sin. Because he who have died has been free from sin. Everybody say, he who have died has been free from sin. So by faith, I know that Jesus died for me. Amen? Amen. And by faith, I know that I died with Jesus. That's the first knowing. You must know that Jesus died for you. And you must also know that you died with Jesus. That's the doctrine of freedom. The first thing. For anybody, nobody can ever be free from sin by his own efforts. The solution to freedom from sin is that God did not handle the problem of sin. God handled the sinner. The sinner was crucified. The sinner was nailed to the cross. The sinner died. Hallelujah. Everybody said the sinner died. The sinner died. The sinner died. If I came to if, for example, I used to beat her, huh? I would slap her, kick her. The day that I died, she come and look at me. She can say, share with me. Bless her high She can even smash me. That's what happens some places, some places when they made an when an animal has died. Before you can hold his pistol, nobody will pass near. But now they come to cake. Some people cut you, you get in the thing that nobody wants to tell you. When the sinner has died, sin is in it. I'm not that story. The teacher I'm not that story. To solve the problem of sin is not by the one the God. It is death. Death, 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 death. I want you to pray that this will be a revelation to us. Uh, the word of God says it. I believe it. And when I believe it, I enter into the experience. The word of God says it. And the first thing that the word of God told me was that Jesus Christ died for me. And somebody may be asking me, were you there when Jesus died for you? Stop that nonsense. Somebody may tell me, stop that nonsense. Were you there when Jesus died for you? I say, I read it. And I believed it. And because of that, heaven records that I'm no longer a sinner. And then I say, as I was also reading, I also saw from the word of God that Jesus did not only die and that I was crucified. Sinful as I was, I was crucified. My sinful nature was nailed to the cross, and that I believed it. And because of that, I'm a dead man. I died. I can no longer commit the sin you are committing because I died. A dead man does not commit sin. If we, got, if we don't get this first step in freedom from sin, we cannot go to the other steps. It's a revelation. That suddenly a man says, I died. And therefore I can no longer steal. I died. I can no longer fornicate. I died. I can no longer tell lies. He who is dead is free from sin. 
Can two people pray that our eyes will be opened? Amen. Somebody stand up and read verse 8 for us aloud. I'm stop, stopping in the next few minutes. Verse 8. Romans 6, 8. Verse 8. Romans 6, verse 8. Now, if we die with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. So, we died with Christ. We died with Christ. We died with Christ. And therefore we shall live with him. Let me read this portion. We'll soon end. We have died with Christ. Did Christ die for us? Did Christ die for us? Yes. Yes. Did we die with Christ? Yes. Let me make it more personal. Did Christ die for you? Did you die with Christ? Yes. You may not be too sure that the same Bible that says Christ died for you also says that you die with Christ. You must believe both or reject both. Right? Either you believe that Jesus Christ died for you and you died with Jesus, or you should reject both and remain a condemned sinner forever and begin to wait for the day you go to hell. <laughs> You cannot say that I believe only this portion. That Jesus, the Bible said that Jesus died. But for this one, since I'm here, Christ died for me and I died with Christ. Christ died for me. Go back home and dream about this this night. Go back home singing about this this night. Go back home telling everybody about this this night. And if you have a wife, Or a husband, and both of you used to quarrel. If somebody wants to quarrel, you say, I died. I cannot quarrel again. Can a person who died die quarrels? Huh? You was always beating your children, beating your children, beating your children. When you reach home, tell everybody I died. 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 You was always just a glutton. You eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. You die to gluttony. 
you died. You died. You died. You died. You died. And he who has died has been freed from sin. Everybody, say he who has died has been freed from sin. He who has died has been freed from sin. He who has died has been freed from sin. Say because I have died, I am free from sin. I am free from sin. But I want you to know that nobody enters your experience of something he has not believed. The first thing is that I know it. I accept it. And it is the word of God. By receiving his word. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pull down the veil. We tear the veil, blinding the eyes of the saints. We tear the veil. We tear the veil. We tear the veil. We pray this truth, oh God, that we died. Our own self was crucified. We'll be stamped upon each heart. We'll be stamped upon each heart. Oh, Father, do this, oh God. We beg you. I want three more people to pray. That your eyes will be open to see this truth that you died with Jesus. That you died with Jesus. Not only did Jesus die for you, go home with these two key things. Christ died for me so that all my sin will be forgiven. Amen? Amen. All my sin will be forgiven. I died with Christ so that I will know total freedom from all sin. I died with Christ so I will know total freedom from all sin. Send it to your spirit. Your word have I hidden in my heart. Let it be hidden in your heart that Romans chapter 6 verse 6 verse 7 verse 8 says it very clearly our own self was crucified with Christ so that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because he who has died has been freed from sin. Amen? Say it seven times. Say, because I have died, I have been freed from sin. Because I have died, I'm free from sin. Say it seven times. Say, let's turn up and say it. Say, because I have died, I am free from sin. Because I have died, I am free from sin.